0: You became. Welcome back, Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Renwick. This is Ryan Whitaker. Hi. And JP, hi, right over there. We're Hello. pretty honored right now to have a history maker amongst us. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for the one, the only, Mark Rose. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, Mark uh, what Rose.
0: Else, <laughs> What's going on, Mark? I appreciate con- that. Congratulations.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it. What a blessing! Are Uh, you
0: you still catching your breath, Mark?
1: Yeah, it was. uh, I tell you, I still have an overwhelming sense of just being thankful. I tell you that Uh, it was a cool experience, and uh, I tell you what—it's not so much. Everybody keeps asking, you know, can you believe you won two tournaments in a row? You know, I, I can believe that part what i can't believe is the the way it went down against the same person and within a pound separated both both of i mean you can't script that if you if you try it. You there's can- no that's that's the part that's more interesting than anything uh yeah, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. It,
0: it sure is. It's history. It, it is definitely history. I mean, and the fact that there's, you know, like you just said, that you and Thrift back to back within a pound. I don't think that has ever happened in professional bass fishing. Whether it's been FLW or whether it's been Bass, I don't think that's ever
1: happened before. Do you know if it has? No, yeah. no, no. It, it no, it, ha- it can't. Yeah, <laughs> that, that just you can't have. You can't have. Odds like that and scenario like that. It just, uh, odds are against it. So, uh, no, it's, it's been a, it's been fun. It's been, um, you know, I sat on a deer stand this, this winter a lot and, and I thought about, man, just get off to a good start. And I felt good going into this season. I, I really did. I just, just something, uh, something felt right going into it. I don't know if it's just a lot of years of experience um, and just finally feel comfortable at the start of one season or or what but it just, just everything just felt right going into going into this year and it's just fun to to be fishing good and reading the water good and it was a good hunting season this winter and it was a good crappie fishing winter and it started already started off to be a good uh good fishing season
2: at, mark I, I gotta ask you did did you and thrift run into each other at all on the water were you guys even fishing similar areas or was it just you guys were both <laughs> you on a good thing? one
1: it, it's funny one of the areas that i had i had like six offshore places and i only had two that were i would consider mid-lake or up in the early stages of the river uh part of the river and one of them i stopped on coming back in uh, and that that first day and uh brian and scott martin were near they they weren't you know fishing the spot that i was it was a totally different group of fish but it was in the same general bay uh, it was a big spawning bay and i had found a little ridge uh, a little a sharp drop off on the the main river side of this big point leading into a bay and uh it was just a little real steep drop over there a little small cut in the river channel and then that after that cut it turned into a big huge point which was a a really good you know staging area in and all around it there was wood all around it and i had I had seen that the you know it was good on both sides, um, but I actually liked the spot that I was fishing better than where they were fishing. <laughs> <Nice>. But <laughs> they, they're the ones they're the ones that caught all the fish on on that side. <laughs> so evidently, I um, I didn't realize how good it was over there where they were. But I, I got to fish it both times that I want that I came by it, um, and I went and hit it three out of the four days. Um, that I that I fished and you know I caught key fish there. Uh, every time I went, yeah, it's and and it it's, so it's, that was the only that was the only time really I ran into him to answer your question. So those, uh, <laughs> so
2: those guys were up in the infield and you were out there playing center field. like yeah. you were at uh, Arkansas State.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really on that lower end, which is where I really put most of my emphasis the last three days. I was in a place where I didn't run into anybody. I was uh, a lone ranger down there in that area. And, you know, there's been a couple of times in my career where I have found offshore fish, really deep fish, and nobody else was around. And you know when that happens, uh, it's you, you've got something special. But to be honest with you, I didn't find the actual spot where I caught my three biggest ones until the late in the second day of the tournament um, but I had some stuff in the general area, some deep stair-stepping ledges uh, that was real close and then I went and checked it that second day late and I caught one good one out there on the end of that boat ramp which is an area I fished back in 2007 and it had some just some good stuff out there on on the edges of it and on the end of it and uh, I went and hit it and caught one that day. I caught a really big one the third day, and then I caught those two, uh, the last day off of it.
0: Nice. And the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> the rest is history. Hey, I want to talk to you a little bit about Gunnersville. Let's, let's, uh, let's jump back in the songbook for a minute for the first derby of the year. And, uh, I, re- I, I loved that Gunnersville tournament. I loved watching it, what I saw of it, um, the, the the footage was outstanding and I love a cranking tournament I, I love it I just love watching it yeah and uh, and you were fishing a, a pretty much a textbook cold water type bait you you were cranking yeah. you were cranking that flat side and that and that was a pretty that's a pretty special little flat side you had there wasn't it
1: yeah it was I I wish Strike King would have held on to that little it was a part of a they had a custom line. Uh, several years ago, and that little flat side was made over the guy over in East Tennessee or somewhere over in that area. um, Something happened, and that fell through, and the the custom part, uh, our lineup went away. But I've got like uh, 12 or 15 of them. Uh, I've actually got a few more than that because I got some in my box, about <laughs> seven or eight, and then I've got twelve or fifteen on the wall. So I've nice. got a good stash of them. You, you got them. Uh, it's just an excellent little cold water bait, and uh, I found three or four little areas, just little little shallow staging areas. A couple of them were on the inside of a grass line, and then two of them were on little rocky points, which were also on the inside of grass lines and um i utilized those and uh two other deeper inside grass lines that i would uh fish a, a, a vibrating jig on and a swim jig and then the causeway up there which is what i was cranking also and then so, yeah, use I've, the uh
0: the flat side bait it, it, have you ever used the other uh the other strike king custom uh, crankbait that they had, the shad wrap style one. Do you have any of those? Yes. Th-
1: that's... yes. Yeah, Stealth shad. Yeah.
0: Those are outstanding also.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a good little bait. Um, uh, looked a lot like about a number eight or seven shad wrap. Yep. Um, yeah, that, both of them were really good cold water baits. I just, I like that, that, uh, old Petey style one, um, uh, the best.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's you, Hackney, Van Damme, all you Strike King guys, you cherish those baits. You You guard them with your lives. So they must be good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wanted to make sure when I got back from that tournament, I walked over there to where my, where they are on a pegboard in my shop, and I just wanted to make sure they were still there. <laughs> they, they are. I didn't want anybody to sabotage me while I was gone.
0: You're checking your treasure right there. You're checking the treasure. Yeah. But I, I mean, w- what a cool Derby, Gunnersville was, and again that last minute catch. Wow. Wow. I know.
1: I know. Just uh, you know, stuff like that happens when you're reading the water good and when uh, you're making good decisions. And then there's times whenever I've been on the other end of that, and I, I feel like I, no matter where I go, I'm not within a mile of a bass. So it's uh, it's good whenever it's everything's flowing right, and you never know how long that'll last. I mean, I could go to the Harris Chain, and I just you know it all go away. The the mental fishing is so mental. Uh, it was just, I compared a lot to hitting when, you know, I played college baseball. And it just seemed like there were times, um, you know, I went through, I, I did the same drills, had the same mechanics, did all that stuff in hitting all the time. And there were some times whenever that baseball looked like a volleyball coming up there. Yeah. And then there were times when it looked like a golf ball. <laughs> and so um, uh, it it just, Everything's just flowing right sometimes, and you don't. And and I could never understand when I'd get out of it. Uh, but it, but something would happen, and and you would. And I've been there on both ends of that in fishing as well. And it it feels good whenever uh, everything's going right.
0: It sure does. We had a we had a bassin wise man on the show uh, a couple months ago, and that bassin wise man's name was Jerry McInnis. And yeah. and Jerry says to us, he said pat everything in life happens for a reason there are no coincidences what do you feel about that mark rose
1: oh yeah uh definitely i i i think it you know i compare it more and and i strongly believe it, it has more to do with uh you know god's plan for our life sure uh and uh but yeah i i strongly feel like uh that was uh that was where you know um, god's blessing met my hard work and opportunity all collided into one and um it worked out right it's the perfect so, storm hey mark ba- back right. to that
2: back to that uh final day that last second catch on gunnersville i was i was trying to kind of read your mind there and i've seen a few other guys do this but i, I got to have you tell me if i'm right i'm watching you catch that fish you get it in the net then you sit down, you know, you got to go and head back, and it seems like all the emotion does not come out until the engine starts. Is that the thought in your head? Like <laughs> I'm not going to get excited until the engine starts. Am I correct on that?
1: Yeah. Well, I let out a big old uh, Tarzan yell there. <laughs> nice. I, I, as soon as I put it in the in the net. Um, I screamed as loud as I could and uh <laughs> man I think I think crows came out of the trees there close by. Buzzards started coming out of everywhere, roosters started crowing. Um yeah, I screamed as loud as I could, but you're right. Uh after I after that engine started and I, I put it in gear and I knew the prop was going to turn good. <laughs> it, it, uh all the emotion came out right then. was right the right
2: aftershock. Yeah.
0: Outstanding. Outstanding. And and onto the Travis uh, event, you know, again, you did a little combo platter. It was a little combo platter. It was a little bit bit of uh, surf and a little bit of turf, a little bit of shallow, a little bit of deep. You mixed it it up. And and the whole deal, you touched on it a little bit before, but that whole boat ramp deal was pretty special, man. I mean, the, the... it evolved it evolved 40 foot lower wasn't it travis like the last time you were there like 40 foot lower than it is now
1: right yeah that's what i was saying i I was fishing close on in a big uh on a big point down there and i had found um a little sweet spot on that point it was a huge point and uh and i found one little sweet spot that had a school of fish on it and uh it was quite a few fish a lot of small ones um I did weigh in one four-pounder off, off of there and, and some other de- decent-sized fish, but it was a lot of small ones there. But anyway, I went over, and um, I just said, you know, uh, I was done with that area pretty quick that second day, and I had caught a couple of nice ones off of my, my deep point, and I said, I'm just going to go over here while I'm here. I haven't even been to it in practice. And I, walked, I went over there, and... Uh, and just wanted to just really wanted to just try it see if there was anything around i knew it was deep what i what i was figuring out on my on that deep spot that i was fishing was my fish were as i started fishing the outer skirts of it i started noticing a lot of fish in that 45 to 55 foot range and i said you know my boat ramp it will be where i caught my fish before there were some big hard boulders out there on the end of it i said it was it's like 40 feet lower and I was catching them like eight foot then. So that would be, you know, 48, 50 foot. I said, that might be, it might be some there. And I saw <laughs> one arch down there deep. There was a little tree out off to the side of it, drug my football jig over it and I caught, I feel like I caught that fish. And, uh, and it was a nice one second day. And so came back the third day and I started there and, uh, and caught that old biggin, uh, just fired out there blind, kind of in that same area where that, where that tree was. And, uh, I caught like a six pounder and, uh, and then uh, that was, but that was it. And I but I knew right then that that kind of you know, I've caught two fish off of it now and they're both four pounds or better. I said, something's going on the final day. If, if, if I could ever get two or three of them the final day, Then it'd be great, and uh, and we had a little overcast that final day, which helped. I think it put a couple feeding fish on it uh, on it early, and sure enough, there was two fish suspended in that same general area right there off the the, kind of the corner of that boat ramp where some timber met that hard stuff, and there was one tree down there that was pretty special, and caught two off of it real quick. Hey, Mark, uh, and then then I kind of hung around there just a little bit longer. And then I went back over closer to my point, and I just started fishing shallow. And I noticed a bush up there, and I just fired my football jig over by that bush. And I was gonna swim it by it at first, and I said, "No, I'll, dr- I'll let it drop down beside it." As soon as it dropped, it, my line jumped about a, <laughs> a foot, and uh, and I said, "You know, I-, I remember saying right then, control yourself here, because you know I'm from." Mississippi River, where you get a you get a jig bite in a willow bush, you come your both feet come off the ground, and but I eased into it, and uh, and I and I was using fifteen pound line, and I eased into it, and that decision, you know, just that type. Used to I'd work on emotions, and I'd have broke that fish off. You didn't give him the Jim touch it, <laughs> and uh, and I and I caught it, yeah, yeah.
2: Mark, while you're talking electronics here, uh, you're, you're known to be one of the, uh, one of the experts on reading your electronics. Now, to someone like me who rarely fishes deep enough to warrant even turning them on, what, uh, can, are you actually looking at your, at your graph and you can tell the difference between a bass and, say, a carp? I mean, what, or teach a me, or a striper, yeah, teach me what, how to find a bass
1: on my electronics. No. That no, uh, it, no, I can't. And if anybody tells you they can, I, I'd love to. I'd love to question that. <laughs> because, <laughs> no, you can't. You I mean you? You can't. You uh, there? There's, but you can make good conscience guesses where you feel like bass ought to be, and right. you think that if you see them set up in the way that you've seen bass in the past, and and then you see a certain size that you you feel like, um, you know, you feel like a, a good percentage of those could be bass but no there's a I, i've seen you know i've fished for schools of carp on kentucky lake before um <laughs> uh, yeah you, you, you just can't and, and then I, the reason why i feel like they're carp is because i fished for them and i didn't catch them and you get a I scale just, comes back bass, right. bass, bass usually bite you know so yeah. no I, I especially stripers man they're they're uh, they get on bait in that open water some Sometimes kind of like a large mouth, and sometimes large mouth are right mixed in there with them, especially whites and yellow bellies. And man, it it just uh, you you can't you can't tell.
2: So it's a, so it's a it's an educated guess then. It's
1: a hypothesis, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's right.
0: Hey, we asked uh, we we had Brian Thrift on right before you, and, and we asked Brian um, we asked him if there was ever a time during either one of these events the Travis or the Gunnersville, that he thought he had won the tournament Um, did you know before the weigh in I know this is kind of weird but did you have a feeling that you had won either one of these events
1: I had a feeling I had won Gunnersville. okay and that was and, and I didn't know what Brian had all I knew was that I felt a peace and a calmness that I could, you know, I could have been, and I was okay with either one of them, finishing sure. second. Um, just like Brian and I said, backstage one one day over there in Trout, we'll we'll finish second and every one up. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna make a lot of, you're gonna like make a lot of money. Um, <laughs> uh, but I felt like I won Gunnersville, and the only reason I felt like that is I just had an overwhelming peace come across me whenever I caught that big fish. Awesome. And, uh, he he could if you know if he'd had twenty three pounds uh, a little just a little more than he had um, he would have beat me but I still would have felt like I'd won for some hundred wow. percent thought that Brian had won the tournament and and to be honest with you I, I was okay with it you right. know um, I, I really was um, it, I was kind of overwhelmed first of all my fish weighed just a little bit I, I thought I had I was being real conservative when I whenever I thought I, I told people I feel like I had 13 and a half pounds and I knew that there was a chance I might could have 14 because there was one that I was calling three and a quarter that I felt like he was probably just a hair better than that well once I got a really good look at him took him out of my bag i I really felt like he was like a four pounder. Nice. That one really, that, that fish really surprised me. And then I had one that was, uh, probably four, six, instead of four pounds that I was calling for. So, um, I was about a pound more than, and, and, and you know, I try to stay, I try to anyway, uh, stay within like a half a pound or so, uh, and be real conservative. So, I felt when I saw Brian catch that big one, and I'd already heard that he caught a big one at the end. I was like, man, that is gonna this is just gonna be cool. I, like, I really thought it was gonna be really cool. <laughs> Absolutely, I, hey. went on a last, I went on a last two weeks ago, and he went on a last this time. And I just thought it was like neat TV, but yeah, it sure is. But Brian, you know, I Rob Newell. Had told me Brian. well, if Brian says he's got about thirteen and a half pounds. He, well, we all stay try to try to stay a little conservative, and um, evidently one of his marshals or something had told him that his fish was a little bigger than what he thought or something like that because he ended up having right there, right at thirteen pounds. So, and that's what happens with a lot of marshals. Sometimes they they big eye some of those fish, and, yeah. you know, it kind of so the what, you know, us fishermen, we kind of know what we got, and even Brian said back there, he said, I just, I really ain't got that, and uh, you know, got that much. He was saying that right there at the end, and, and you know, you just, you, you feel like he's still being a little too conservative, and you just never really know. He might
0: have been sandbagging you, you never know. You never know what's you, happening. You just,
1: well, I don't think, it's not really sandbagging, it's just, you know, fishermen always try to stay just under what you know, what they got. And he said he was, you know, he yeah. he felt like he he, he he didn't have but I just I just thought that can't be that can't be right. You know, I I just was kind of it can't happen. I can't really win this tournament, you <laughs> know is what I'm thinking. Hey, <laughs>
0: ultimately it worked out and you know what's really cool, Mark? That you won two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the month of February, fishing. That's really I cool. Know.
1: Oh, that's crazy, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really do it. Nice I don't little really winner. do it for the money. I just try to you know do the best I can. But, I know you, you know, do you do get thinking about the money you're just like wow every week. I, In yeah. three weeks, I mean,
0: I know you do it because you love it, but you gotta admit. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars bass fishing only can happen in this great country we live in. There's no I'm doubt. Man.
1: There,
0: there's no what a, doubt. What
1: a blessing to live in a country like that.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> it is. It's outstanding that we that you make money chasing these little green fish. This, this is we love bass fishing just like you do, and and
1: it's only uh, right here. I'd do it. I would do it if we were fishing for a pack of crackers. You know. Yeah.
0: Uh. <laughs> It's it's the it's, it's the, the p, it's the purest fashion. form of the sport. It's the purest form. Yeah, it, it is right there. Hey, uh, tell me what this statement means to you, okay? To catch the owl, you must watch the mouse. What do you think that means? To catch the owl, you must watch the mouse.
1: Well, uh, yeah, the, I would think it would mean you got to a lot of times become the the, the prey. Yeah. Uh, you got to, you know, when I'm fishing a, a crankbait, I, I want to make that crankbait act like a crawfish or a bluegill or or whatever. If I'm fishing a frog around lily pads, I want that, you know, whenever a frog isn't just going to stop out there in between two pads and just sit there for a long time because he knows he's got a. He better watch out, and so um, he's gonna skirt real quick to the next lily pad. You know, so yeah, you gotta you gotta really pay attention to the prey, and uh, and uh, and it'll help you. It'll help you uh, get what the, what's after.
2: So what you're saying is you gotta be the ball.
0: Yeah, become the one.
2: Become one yeah. with the ball. <laughs> That's, That's
0: right. Hey, uh, are you a uh, are you a tackle geek like I am, Mark?
1: uh somewhat. I used to be really bad and i'm <laughs> um, the older I get the more um i i really tinker with tinker with a lot of offshore stuff uh I have old faithfuls hello that are pretty simple and, you know for me, but in regard to offshore stuff i I tinker with a lot of stuff I try to Find that next, you know, Alabama rig or or whatever. Sure. Um, usually, if you can go to a lake, especially offshore, if if you can, uh, you know, present something that they haven't ever seen before, it really, it really can pay off for you.
0: Yeah, b- big time. Especially since there's so many people offshore now. You know, it's right. Not, it's not like it has been, and and on offshore fish, and I mean, you know, realistically, sometimes you got to have you know twelve rod and reel combos uh, rigged up these days, you, all different types and variations of different baits. It's not like it was before. You got a football jig, you got a deep diving crank, uh, you got a big worm, you got a spoon. It, it's a bunch of different stuff, isn't it?
1: Right, right. Yeah. yeah, whenever whenever offshore it used to be we had big worm and a football jig and crankbait and now I got six crankbaits, three <laughs> spoons, four swim baits. I got a hair jig. Um you know
0: it's a wide variety platter. Hey, let's say that there's a new FLW rule and you're only allowed to to have four rods with you. To go fishing, okay. So you got three on deck, uh, one in hand. What are those three rod and reel combos going to be that you're going fishing with? I like to ask you guys this.
1: Well, I'm gonna have a shaky head on, just like it. Just like I'm gonna have a survival kit in my boat. That's that's what I look like. You know, that's what I compare a shaky head to. Um, I'm gonna have a uh, a jig of some sort, one that I could. Swim, pitch, uh, skip, do all that. I've gotta have some type of top water bait on. Uh probably a strike king sexy dog. Um uh, you say I can have four? Yeah, you got one more coming. I got one more coming. Yeah. Uh I'm probably gonna leave that one. Hang on. Like I'm probably going to leave, uh, when I blast off, I'm going to leave that, uh, and I'm, it and I'm just gonna
0: that. That's and, the uh, wild card.
1: That one for, uh, for just anything.
0: So it's the versatile stick.
1: It's the versatile one.
0: Gotcha. Uh, now, what are these rods? Tell us, be specific about the rods and reels. That's what I want to know. What, what are you throwing?
1: Um, yeah i'm throwing uh Lou i've been with Lou for a good while with reels and now um just had the opportunity um to uh to be with him with rods and uh man i'm really excited uh my first tournaments that i fish, at the yeah you Uh they do real well in that one, but these last two I really utilize lineup. I'm using the loose custom and inside that loose custom is a left lineup. And uh, I spent a lot of time with uh Bob Brown who is the uh,
2: Hey, I don't know... If hey, Mark, we're, you're you, cutting out on us. Uh, are you in the basement? <laughs> can you hear us, Mark?
0: Uh-oh, we're losing Mark Rose. Let's try him back. Uh-oh. There, oh, there you, you are. We got you back. There you are. We lost you for a minute. Can, can Sorry it, about that. No, that's uh, okay. I'm Tell driving. us about those ledge rods. All we on were on the way in,
1: home from church, and I'm i've had some distractions so sorry about that no no it's all Um, it's
0: all good tell us about those ledge rods because you cut out right when you were telling us the story
1: yeah um there were some gaps in there uh that i was needing in that in uh in the rod lineup that lou's had and uh so i said well i I really need a few more actions and uh they said well great well let's let's work and let's make a signature action out of it let's say what do you want to call it i said well these are some actions I need for ledge fishing, so they decided to call it the ledge lineup. And we, we made a swim bait rod, made a, uh, uh, you know, for like three quarter and one ounce open water paddle tail swim baits, which are very popular offshore. And then we got a 7 2 heavy that I just absolutely love for, uh, big worm, football jig, all of that kind of stuff uh, Carolina rig or whatever you want to set the hook on a piece of plastic, you know, out there deep or, nice. or a jig. And then, um, uh, and then we got three crankbait rods, a small, uh, big and magnum. And for comparison, uh, think of it as a 1.5 or series three and then a five XD, six XD, and then a 10 XD, which is kind of an animal all to itself. Sure. Um, and then we also, they put a, uh, nine foot, crankbait bait rod in there, kind uh, which is the 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 big, so to speak, the six XD rod. But that wasn't one that that they just threw that in there in case you know this new big long rod craze <laughs> took over and there. <laughs> you better I, have I'm it. not really throwing it. I, I I'm I'm not I'm thinking of weight, you know, and I don't want a big cumbersome yeah. setup. But uh, They got it in case you anybody that wants it, it's there. And then we got a spinning, which is uh, all around spinning. Really, uh, it's for a Nico rig uh big shaky head, um any of that type of stuff. Uh drop shot. It's really for eight to twelve pound fluorocarbon. Got a good backbone, but yet it's got enough tip to where you can throw like a, a quarter, you know, a quarter to a a half ounce type and, setup. And again really quarter three eighths.
0: They're called the ledge series by Lewes. It's the it's the Mark Rose yes.
1: ledge series. Yes. Yeah. Well it's the uh it's the lose custom pro, okay. Which is uh, it's their top of the line rod, and then inside the custom pro is the ledge lineup, and you can't miss them because mine has solid handles. It's oh. it's a cool solid handle. It's a it's a cork uh, right there that you're gripping, just like the regular ones, but then it's fused into a solid EVA right below where you grip it. And uh, nice, you know, I compare that kind of like uh, let's say you're sledgehammering. Or hammering, and sure. you're putting a roof on your house. So you you want to grab a little Mickey Mouse skinny, you know, <laughs> slender hammer, or do you want to grab some meat? You know, yeah. and that's the way I, I I I just like that solid handle. When I reach back there with my other hand and I'm a cast, I want to grab some meat. That's and and, the, it, and when I say meat, it's not it doesn't have a big axe handle on it or anything. It's, it's the it's, tool for the it's job. A, it's just a yeah, it's just a smooth contoured. uh, Solid handle that doesn't add any more weight. It's just a uh, just a really nice ride. Nice. Hey, we uh, I don't
0: know if you know anything about this show, Mark, but we're we're actually a bunch of goofballs and we're being very reserved today. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're a bunch of knuckleheads, but we do like to play games on this on this show. And and uh, I want to play a new game with you called um, Bass Fact or Fiction. Okay, this is Bass and Fact or Fiction. Are you ready to play? <laughs>
1: Bass fact or
0: fishing. No, bass fact or fiction. Fact or fiction.
1: Oh, bass fact or fi- okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna throw it.
0: some things at you and you tell me if this is basically fact or if this is fiction. Are you ready to go? Yeah. All right, let's play. Hey, this is Bass Fact or Fiction with FLW Tour Pro Mark Rose. I'm your host Pat Renwick. Here we go. The first one. A largemouth bass protects its eyes with specially developed lids that protect them during feeding. Is this fact or fiction? 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 That is absolutely fiction. Bass don't That's even have great eyelids. a shark. They don't even have eyelids. That's a shark. You're right, Ryan Whitaker. That is a shark. Bass shark have six senses, unlike humans. They have sight. Bass have what? Have six senses. Senses, six senses, unlike humans yeah, who only yeah. have five. So bass have sight, taste, hearing, smell, feel, and they also have overdeveloped cheek muscles, which help them find prey in low light areas. Fact or fiction. I would
1: say I'd say fact on the on the uh, jawbone deal, but or the cheek area. But I would say fiction on the six senses.
0: Okay, it's but they do, it is actually a fact, they do have the six senses, there's the sight, the taste, the hearing, the smell, and the feel, and the sixth sense is the lateral line, the old lateral line of the black bass. Yeah. It's making sense now, right? Yeah. It's making sense. See, we're yeah. educating.
1: Well, I, w- I was thinking they only had two, you know, I was thinking they, they had their lateral line, and then they had their, their uh, sense of uh, of taste and and all that i i, I wasn't thinking about their six There's five or four more that's it. we're educating
0: we're playing bass scientists right now mark that's how we're yeah, doing yeah i'm learning man. I'm
1: learning.
0: <laughs> during the spawn the male bass bumps the female bass to establish dominance fact or fiction fact okay we're stumping mark rose that is actually fiction well, oh, i would have said to fact.
1: Up them, you know yeah, okay. I got you.
0: It's to loosen the eggs. It's- you knew it. You knew what that was. Yeah. You, yep. you knew what it was. Water temperature is more critical to bass than the moon phase is during spawning. Uh,
1: fiction.
0: Okay. We're going with that. We're going to give them. That's a toss up.
1: That's a toss up. <laughs> That's a bit up
0: Last question the world record bass was caught in 1934 by George W. Scott and weighed 22 pounds, 4 ounces. George W. Scott caught the world record bass.
1: Well, I didn't know if this boy and, I mean, if this guy in Japan's fish was legal or not here a couple (laughs) years ago, but uh, I'm going to say fact
2: okay fact we'll get, we're gonna we're gonna get the them. japan one was a tie it was a tie
0: it was a tie so because going, it was only
2: one ounce over we're it's going with george w scott it. for the for the winner
0: hey mark where the producers tell me we are right up against the clock i want to thank you so much for taking time uh out of your day to come hang out with us and, and educate us on bass fishing and what it's like to be a history making flw tour pro man thank you so much mark
1: I appreciate it, guys. It's always a pleasure. Call anytime.
0: uh, Excellent, man. And good luck to you at the Harris Chain. I hope that momentum continues for you.
1: Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right, take it easy.
0: There's Mark Rose, (laughs) history-making FLW Tour Pro. Yes, that's a first. That's a history-maker right here on Straight Cast. Hey, we are right up against the clock. We're cutting it close. I've been talking too much. We thank you so much for your viewership because without you we are nothing remember we are off next week uh we are off um what is that march 1st march but we 1st. return um march 8th remember though next wednesday night a very special edition of ike live catch that on IkeLive.com. that's the brian the carpenter
2: show right there and uh a reminder i gave the wrong website well, of it's, course you did <laughs> it is march 4th <laughs> in hammond indiana Go to CaptainSteiger.com for all the information for that Learn Lake Michigan seminar. Captain CaptainSteiger.com. CaptainSteiger.com for the Lake Michigan seminar. Until then. going to be donuts. We bid you peace, Bass
0: Fishing Nation. See you March 8th. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Straycast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!